Hey there, and welcome to the Praying Christian Women podcast, where our goal is to equip you with the tools you need to ditch the prayer guilt, grow in your relationship with God, and pray like you and nobody else. Stay tuned for our latest episode after this quick word from our sponsor. Do you want to go deeper in your faith even while you're on the go? No matter how busy the season you're in, Access More has a library of faith-based podcasts to help you grow spiritually. With podcasts from Christian thought leaders such as Christine Kane, Lisa Harper, Taryn Wells, and Bob Goff, you can hear podcasts on religion, culture, family, entertainment, and so much more. Access More gives you a safe space to find inspiring conversations about faith. Start listening today at accessmore.com. Hey there, Alana Terry here. Welcome to the Praying Christian Women podcast. I'm here with Jamie Hampton. How's it going, Jamie? It's going well. How are you? Good. What's new with you and your family? Hmm. Transitions into fall and just uh, kind of getting into a routine. It's taken this Mm -hmm. long. I mean, it's almost October, if you can believe it. I don't know when this will air, probably not too long after. And I mean, middle of September, I guess, but it's Mm -hmm. taken us this long to get into a routine. So I'm thankful. I'm finally getting like music schedules situated around hockey schedules and the summer schedule moved in and trying to kind of get back into a better routine with podcast and writing and things like that. So yeah, no, it is kind of crazy. Well, and this is your first year with this combination of what kids are homeschooled and what kids are not, right? You've never it had is. this exact combo before, have you? No, I have not. So yeah. I've got, yeah, got one homeschooling and two in school. Yeah, but not the same school. You got a high school and an right. elementary, right? Oh, but and then big transition though is my son the oldest now drives so he drives places so that's been crazy different yeah Yeah. is he getting comfortable and he's he's good or do you worry about him he seems I I don't know I I don't worry and I don't know why I thought I'd Mm -hmm. be neurotic I mean I thought just being in the car with him and helping him Mm -hmm. learn to drive that I would be a hot mess but I actually I think it's because he's a good driver and good. He has good judgment and he's always been our cautious one and our like yeah. careful calculated so yeah I mean obviously I worry a little bit but I have um find my iPhone because we have he has an iPhone oh, uh-huh. yeah so yeah I try not to be too naggy about let me know mm-hmm. when you get where you are but I can but you can always check if you get sure, okay he got to school okay or he got to yeah. practice and he's good you know that kind of thing yeah yeah yeah. Cool. Well, I mean, I guess that's a good um, segue in on transitions because that's what we're talking about today. <laughs> yeah, we're that. doing we're doing a lot of transitions too. Um, you know, going from summer schedule to homeschool schedule. But yeah, it's it's felt okay. I have driving help now too. Our sixteen year old doesn't have his license yet. He's still getting practice, but my husband's home now, and so he's taking care of more of the driving. So yeah, it is a a nice season from that side of things. It is. And yeah, I mean, I guess we'll talk about it more. We'll talk about it more in the, I I won't get too far into tangents. Yeah. Cause today we're talking all about transitions in life and how to pray through those transitions, which I think is, yeah, it's important and, and kind of timely since we're in this, um, changing of seasons. Now, granted in Alaska, (laughs) our seasons changed way back in like mid August, but (laughs) for a lot of people, you're transitioning now from summer to fall climate. A lot of moms are going from summer mode to school mode. So, and yeah, you know, there's, there's, this is empty nest season. So big hugs to any first time empty nesters this fall. That's gotta be strange. This was, Um, I don't know if it's because I'm more aware of it just because I have a kid who's. I know we've got two years, (laughs) but you know, like basically, you know, yeah, they'll be seniors next year. And Mm -hmm. so I, I have seen and noticed more of the like going to college posts, or maybe it's just yeah. the age that my friends are at. Yeah, that's that part of it too. That. But even mm-hmm. total strangers, like, you know, people yeah. just that I follow on Instagram or on mm-hmm. Facebook who are sending their kids away to school. And it, it is, it's a very big transition season. So yeah, mm-hmm. very timely all around topic. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, let's start with some prayer and verse of the day before we jump in. All right. 
Lord, we just thank you that we don't have to go through transitions alone, that we have you with us, that we have you looking ahead and, and pulling up the rear and on either side of us, letting us know which way to go. We just pray that this would be a very impactful episode for people listening that are going through transitions and feel a little bit lost, um, that it would equip those who aren't going through transitions, but inevitably will at some point in the future. And, and just help us to focus on you and really remember who our help and our strength comes from. In Jesus name. Amen. Amen. So our verse of the day is Ecclesiastes chapter seven, verse eight. The end of a matter is better than its beginning and patience is better than pride. I just thought that was interesting when I was just looking through some verses about transitions or about mm -hmm. timing. So I don't know. What do you think about that verse? I, I thought it was, I had some thoughts about it in the beginning when I saw it first and I'm trying to think about what I thought. Yeah. Well, about. what I love about Ecclesiastes is we don't have to agree with it. No, <laughs> it's not written exactly. as though this is the word of the Lord. These That's are just right. observations by an yeah. intellectual. Um, I think for me, sometimes, I don't know, I'm, I'm stuck on the first half. The end of a matter is better than its beginning. Like for me, I really love the planning side of things and the dreaming side of things. That's so like true. for me, planning a vacation, for example, that I'm really excited about is more exciting than going on the vacation, which honestly is like kind of exhausting and stressful. <laughs> so, but you know, then of course there's other times like writing a book. Yeah. Like it's fun to write the book, but it's like a marathon. It's like, does anybody really have fun? I mean, you kind of do, but it wouldn't be fun if there wasn't that end goal. Right. You know what I mean? So I think it kind of depends on the person and kind of depends on what we're talking about. Um, yeah. If we're talking about labor and delivery, then yeah, the end's better than the beginning. <laughs> well, but the end by that, I mean, like when the baby's out, not, you know, the last part of labor is better than the early part of labor. So the transition phase, which is oh, that's my favorite. painful, <laughs> is way better than the tiny pangs at the beginning that you think is as bad as it's going to get. And still it's bad. Having the epidural kick in is better than getting the epidural put in. There you go. <laughs> no, so yeah, I think it just depends on the situation and what we're talking about and the person, you know, like my husband doesn't get into the planning as much as I do. Like our joke is he doesn't really get excited. I'll be like, are you excited about this? I'm like, no. And it's not that he's unhappy. He just, for him, it's like, I'll be happy about it when it happens. And for me, um, like one of the coolest things, he spoiled my Christmas present a couple years ago. Maybe it was just last year. And it's this really pretty, I don't know if I've shown you, it's this pretty like art, um, elephant art that goes on the wall in my office made out of like this cool metal. And it's like a mommy elephant hugging a baby elephant. And it's super cute. And we have this thing, like we're not good at saving gifts for Christmas ever. We aren't and either. So he, he showed me a picture of it, like before Thanksgiving one year. And he's like, this is your present. And for me, that was so much better than getting it Christmas morning because uh, I got to like walk around the house and be like, what wall am I going to put this on? I got to like, think about it for over a month knowing it was coming. So I think it, yeah, I think it just depends on what kind of person you are. That's interesting. Cause as soon as you said that, I'm like, no, I love uh, surprises. <laughs> I don't like and it's ironic because when we do questions and you kind of put me on the spot, I don't right. like that kind of surprise. Right, like when right. I have to, I like to ruminate on things before mm -hmm. I talk about them. But when it comes to gifts, yeah, my kids are the same way where they're just like, you know, can I please show you? Can I show you now? Matt's uh, the same way too. And I'm just like, no, I want it to be a surprise. I want to just so, be totally like, I want to, I want to know that it's there and that. Okay. I that's what I was going to ask. Okay. Yeah, that's I what like I was going to ask. You like I don't knowing, mind knowing that, that it's coming. There. Sure. That's mm -hmm. fun. That's fun. Okay. And the anticipation of it. But yeah, well, and then I go on to this second part and patience is better than pride. So that almost to me suggests the middle is better than the beginning or the end because the middle the messy middle of a situation is where you develop the patience, where you don't always have that big payoff. I'm thinking mm -hmm. of the book analogy, you know, in the beginning, yeah. there's the there's excitement, excitement of planning. In the yeah. end, you've got this like 
I'm baby done. that's been birthed, yeah. you know, in your hand. Yeah, but it is that middle. <laughs> but that middle is, you know, mm -hmm. cultivating patience. And yeah. so I don't know. I'm not sure exactly where that's coming from. But the, the take home is there are seasons and there is good and there is bad, but there are mm -hmm. seasons that we transition into and out of. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And God's, you know, needs to be in all of them, really, if we're going to be successful yeah. in any of it. Absolutely. Yeah. So our just for fun is what has been your favorite transition recently and what recent transition has been the most difficult? Hmm. I would say I've got two. So in a way, and, and they've both, it's funny, both transitions have been both my favorite transition and yeah, also and the, the hardest. most difficult. So <laughs> my favorite two transitions have been having my middle kid at home which yeah. has been really fun, just being able to hang out with him a little more and have yeah. one on one time. You know, the 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 old adage that the middle kid kind of gets overlooked. Right, right. You know, you've got the youngest that demands more mm -hmm. attention, the oldest that mm -hmm. is, you know, kind of, for him, I know the oldest gets a lot of our thought attention because exactly. he is at the end. Yeah. Well, he's got so many things that are responsibilities and the yep. end is coming with school and mm -hmm. all of those things. So mm -hmm. he, it is good to have some time with him yeah. and be able to just talk that. with him. Yeah, I've got, I feel like I've gotten to know him better. And, that's cool. And I think that's cool. Um, but it's been hard just because he's not just homeschooling. He's taking a music class and then another class at the neighborhood school. So four days mm -hmm. a week, I'm mm -hmm. taking him to school and picking yeah. him back up at the end of the day, which it shouldn't be a big deal, but it just is kind of interrupts the day. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it interrupts the day and almost defeats the purpose of having that like rested, you know. Yeah. But yeah. the, and the other difficult part about that is just working, you know, podcasting, writing, those things are mm -hmm. definitely more difficult when I'm yeah. trying to, you know, manage. But it's been good because it's been an exercise for me too and just mm -hmm. managing and things. And the other one is our oldest driving. It's hard for me to see yeah. him just driving off because he's just, he's, you know, he's big now and it's yeah it's just that oh he's growing up but it's been so awesome seeing him take on that responsibility and just the convenience he can drive the little oh, kids he for can't sure. drive other people for six months but yeah, he can drive his yeah. siblings so mm -hmm. I'm like this is awesome that is really helpful yeah. how about you <laughs> yeah i would say um a really fun transition has been like moving into a household of all teens like technically our youngest is still 12 but he's definitely you know in teenage stage now That's and really neat i noticed that the last yeah. time we saw you guys i just yeah. noticed how old they are now I know. you know even your youngest who is this fun happy go lucky kid uh -huh. that he's like he's he's turning yeah. into a young man like that's he is. so cool like, he's pretty close to outweighing me all the kids mm -hmm. are taller than I am now and you know we get to talk about more things we get to have deeper discussions you know because there's not there's not really the taboo subjects anymore mm -hmm. so we're able to you know have some really neat discussions with everybody and yeah I'm enjoying that side um and then in terms of difficult transitions. This has been a good transition, but like I mentioned, I forget if I've shared it on the podcast, but starting last spring, my husband came home to start working from home. And so much of that has been amazing, but it was hard. I think, especially at the beginning, like learning how to work together and, you know, just, um, sharing the space, sharing the, um, sharing the business. Cause he was working on me with some stuff. So it was a little hard. Um, we had like honeymoon phase and then we had a really, really, really hard phase. And now mm. it feels like, yeah, it feels like we've been doing this forever and can keep on going. So That's it's been, good. yeah, it's been good for us, but there was, there was like a two to four week period that I would say was, you know, one of the, I don't know, top 10 challenges in 18 years of marriage. Like it sounds a little dramatic, but then when you think about, okay, spread across over 18 years, that's not, that's not huge. You know, it's less than, less than one, like big thing a year. So, right. Yeah. And it's going well now. Mm -hmm. Well, good. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Working together. Anytime couples work together, I imagine that that is, well, yeah. I just think of projects that my husband and I have worked on together, mm -hmm, you know, like mm -hmm. it's, it can be challenging and really rewarding, yeah, but exactly. 
can be both. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Um, I'm still talking <laughs> weekly with my BetterHelp counselor, <laughs> their sponsor of the show, and and or therapist. And yeah, it definitely helps to have some outside input for that because yeah, there are parts that are a little tricky and parts that are really, really, really rewarding. Well, I've loved having him on the team because he brings energy. Like I feel like mm -hmm. he definitely mm -hmm. brings just, you know, having an outside perspective. We've been yeah. at this for a long time and mm -hmm. his areas of expertise are definitely uh, different from oh, for sure. mine. And, and he's a real so. like, let's go get it. And yeah. I'm more of a, I'm really happy and content with how things are. So there's yes. not, there's not like a, a huge drive to like, oh, let's double our listenership. I'm like, no, this, this feels good. We're doing fine. <laughs> so yeah, um, it is good to have him, you know, have him home with the kids, working on the business, uh, working together. It's been good. That's good. So, but yeah, on the topic of transitions, we're basically talking about today, using prayer as a tool when we transition from one activity to another. Um, so I don't know, how do you see this playing out just to give our listeners kind of a picture of what we're talking about, Jamie? I think there, I think maybe just thinking about the big picture of what are the kinds of transitions we're talking about? Cause I see it as like a micro and a macro. Yeah. Yeah. So like the macro, um, I would say, or what we've been talking about life transitions, mm -hmm. letting go of mm -hmm. kids in different ways, yeah. um, different seasons with your spouse or with your roommate mm -hmm. or with your, mm -hmm. you know, work, whatever it is, these yeah. different seasons that we go through, definitely prayer plays a big part. Um, but for me personally, so I don't know, can we tell people that this is, you know, this yeah. topic came from mm -hmm. a book that we're working on and this is a chapter that you wrote on, I think productivity or maybe it was something else. On busyness. Busy I oh, think. on busyness. That was yeah. it. Right. And for me personally, reading the chapter was like, you know, personal, like, you know, therapy for me personally, mm -hmm. because I really struggle with this like idea of busyness. I've been really working on it and that that chapter, I loved the idea of praying through the micro transitions of your day, yeah. because yeah. that's where I struggle is mm -hmm. transitioning into things. And then particularly transitioning out of things is hard for me when I'm on a roll, when I'm, mm -hmm. when it's time to end and I'm just like, Oh, and then you get pulled away from it. Out. Yeah. 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 So, or deciding even whether to transition or whether to stick with mm -hmm. it. Like a kid comes up and is like, mom, will you come and do this with me? And my thought is, okay, do I finish what I'm doing here and set that boundary with them? Or mm -hmm. do I take this time? I could easily turn into a workaholic if I just, all I do mm -hmm. is finish the last thing I started. And so right. then I need to, you know, do I need to make time for them? Because this is what's going to matter in the end. So, you know, it's all of those things. So I think it's really um, those two different macro and micro. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I know we, we had a recent coffee break that dealt more with the like big transition seasons of life. That's so true, we did. Yeah. Let's focus more on, yeah. Transitions throughout your day. Yeah. Um, going from homeschool mode to work at home mom mode or going from I'm at work you know, working at my job to I'm home being a wife, those transitions, like some people, I think their brains are designed so that they can bounce more easily. Um, and that can be a benefit. Like sometimes that same kind of person, I think like all of our strengths have their downsides, like that kind of mindset's really good for transitions, but it might be a little bit harder to focus on one thing for a long time, which when we talk about prayer, like prolonged focus is hard for almost all of us. But there was, there's another type of brain where maybe like, you know, we can be focused for three hours editing podcast episodes or making graphics for Facebook or something. And then, yeah, getting pulled out of that. Like yesterday, I was working on some Amazon ads and my husband was ready to go on a walk. And like, I was in the middle of my dashboard. I was in the middle of like copying and pasting all these things and it took me like, even by the time we were like walking down out of our road, like my brain was still cleaning up a messy ads dashboard. And so like, I was just, I was a little distracted. I was a little grumpy. I wasn't, I wasn't fully, fully present because my brain was still like, have you ever played a game? 
so long that like you can close your eyes and that game is playing in your head. Yes. I think people call it the Tetris effect. Like you play Tetris for five hours, you know, every single day and you're laying in bed and your eyes are closed and you see falling blocks. (laughs) Do you remember Qbert? No, what's Qbert? It sounds familiar. Qbert was like an 80s ish game and it was this little round guy with like a nose that looks like a trumpet. And yeah, yeah, yeah. he would like, ju- it was a very simple game. He would just have okay. to jump on these. It's like a pyramid of, of squares uh-huh. that, that he would have to jump on the blocks and change the color to all the same color and avoid all of these little, little like monsters in, in okay. the middle. And there was a very specific sound. It was like <laughs> oh, a doing, uh-huh. doing, doing. Uh-huh. And I want, I remember closing my eyes one night, going to sleep and when I was a kid and seeing Qbert and hearing that like doing, doing. That's hilarious. <laughs> so the Qbert effect for me. The Qbert effect is yours. Yeah. Mm. But, you know, so I feel like um, some of us take that, that transition process can take a bigger mental toll. Mm-hmm. than others. And I think we really need to be aware of it. And I think what happens if we're not aware of it is we just, we carry the stress of the day and it compounds. So um, let's, let's talk about a therapist who sees, you know, six clients. If there's not a transition, in my opinion, I've, you know, I've never been trained as a therapist or anything, but in my opinion, I know how my brain works. And if I didn't have some type of ritual or way to move from one patient to the next, basically by the time I'm at my last patient of the day, I'm bringing in the the baggage of all their previous clients to him instead of starting each session with kind of a blank slate. Like there's even studies that's kind of scary that show that by the end of the day, even just a normal family doctor is not making as um, acute decisions because mm. they've kind of kind of wasted it. <laughs> and, well, and I better, I'm going to rethink my appointment. Schedule your really important appointments for the morning um, because of this phenomenon of, you know, so let's tell us your typical, like, tell us your typical morning, because I feel like you do more before 930 in the morning than like almost anybody I know who's not working like a crazy job where you have to be there by five or something. Well, it depends if the kids have if the kids have early give skates, us your busiest okay yeah. we'll do our busiest day is we have a 6 a.m 6 to 7 a.m skate for uh for one of the kids and so my matt or i will usually drive but mm-hmm. like you basically get the kids up get their you know get their hockey stuff ready get their bags packed and obviously they're doing some of these things too mm-hmm. get the breakfast ready usually i'll make coffee for my husband and myself mm-hmm. and i'll put it in a thermos for him to take to work if he's taking them um so they go off to their morning skate then our oldest has to be at school for band at 6 30 so i'll get him ready some not get him ready yeah i said and i dress him <laughs> you gotta school. dress him yeah yeah your high school junior yeah yeah but i do typically help him along by mm-hmm. you know making sure making sure that he's up to and and mm-hmm. just kind of being there for moral support sometimes i'll make his lunch um, I know probably he should be making his lunch every day, but it's early. So I usually do it mm-hmm. um, and just kind of get him out the door. And then they come back. The little kids come back around 730 ish. And then our youngest will go to elementary school and she has to be there about 850. So it's just getting them, mm-hmm. you know, kind of together and ready, making sure they've got their stuff together, getting them showered and dressed and yeah. things like that. Um, and then they're off to school. And then, yeah. You know, so your family probably puts like 40 miles on the vehicle like before the day is. starts. Well, thankfully everything's so close. So thankfully, oh, the, you know, it's a six minute drive to the rink that they go oh, to okay, in the mornings, good. but it is, it's still gas, yeah. you know, and it's still, oh, I know, still especially with prices the, now. <laughs> it is. Well, yeah. yeah. So, so yeah. So my thought is like, that can be a really hectic type of morning and type yeah. of schedule. And then like, let's say you get all of them off your home and then you get your homeschooler kind of situated with his stuff. And then let's say that you're going to um, do an interview for the podcast to talk to someone about how to like experience the peace of God more thoroughly. 
if you don't have kind of a, like a transition, you're basically like, you're kind of bringing that hurry with you. And I feel like we all can picture people where like that, that flurry of activity. I picture um, Pigpen from the Peanuts comic strip where it's just like this dust follows him. Like, I feel like some people bring frantic busyness throughout wherever they go and it can impact other people too like there are certain people that I just kind of feel a tiny bit exhausted after like a two-minute chat because they come across as so hectic well I recognized myself in that when you were describing that in the chapter I recognized Mm -hmm. myself in that I just I thought back especially one of the busiest times in my life was when we lived in Arizona and I was working part-time for the church as the children's Mm -hmm. ministry coordinator and Sunday mornings was super busy. I am not the best delegator. So I tried to Mm -hmm. do it all. And I remember just almost running sometimes Mm -hmm. to get from class to class before church started. I don't remember if the pastor said it to me or if I recognized it in myself and talked to him about it, but I was just like, I feel like when I am with people that like when they see me on Sunday morning, that they just feel stressed out. Like, I feel like I bring Mm -hmm. a a spirit of franticness to like, there's no rest. There's no thank you, God, that I'm in this position. I love doing this because realistically, like I would say probably five times a day. I would be like, God, thank you. I can't think of anything that I would rather be doing as my job than bringing the word of God to kids. Like that was my, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. But the administration stuff did wear me out. And it was, you know, it was apparent. And so my joy did not come through of what I was doing. And I was never in the moment. I think when you were talking about those transition prayers and kind of carrying baggage, it's like you're never in the moment. And I was listening to a book about, um, it was that movie, The The Big Leap about. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, it definitely has some, I don't know, non, like if someone that was a Christian. Yeah, it's not a Christian it, title. It's not a Christian yeah. title. And it's not, it's, it's not something that has biblical truths. But what I took from it was that there are times like, like time itself, when you're experiencing mm-hmm. time and you're busy, you kind of, it's, it's almost like skipping a stone across water. You just kind of skim the water yeah. with your, yeah. time because you're, it's like, you're just not even present in the moment. Mm-hmm. And that's how I feel like I, I lived my Sundays. I missed yeah. interacting with people and being fully <laughs> present for them. Um, I think I probably did make children's ministry seem like maybe a difficult job so that when I mm-hmm. ask people to volunteer, they're like, yeah, like, I don't no, want to be like wanna... her. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, it kind of reminds me of our verse from Ecclesiastes where it says patience is better than pride. And mm. at first when I read that, I was kind of like, Patience and pride, I don't see as natural opposites. Right, but me too, yeah. in a case like this, people can get very prideful about how much they do, you know? And oh, I think that's so important good. to keep in mind. Yeah. Right. So do you want everything to be perfect? And do you want, it reminds me of the, I think it was a pastor's wife or someone in your life that said, mm-hmm. to do every, what was the quote? It was something along the lines of like, I, she took to difference with the idea that like, if something is doing, if something is worth doing, it's worth doing a hundred percent. And she was like, no, because if something's worth doing, I can do it 90% and call it good enough and then save hours of time so that I can do even more. <laughs> right. And yeah. that's, you know, I mean, like I'm just picturing uh, there, did anyone really care if, the chairs were set up just exactly perfect. Right. Or could someone have gotten the chairs down when they came to take care of the kids? You know what I mean? Like, right. I think I, right. and so my pride in wanting mm-hmm. everything to be perfect mm-hmm. and to do it to my definition of good, yeah, as opposed to seeing maybe the things that God puts in front of me, like people and relationships. Mm-hmm. I think also for me personally, not to get too much, you know, make this into a therapy session about me. But <laughs> I I do think I tend to hide behind busyness. Yeah, I think a lot of people do. Deeper mm-hmm. conversations and relationship. I love yeah. people, 
But mm-hmm. I think I've always been nervous. I've always been kind of an awkward person. Like I've always been kind of, I don't know, self-conscious. And I, uh-huh. I send out feelers all the time for how people are feeling and yeah. how I should act. It's kind of exhausting. And so I think yeah. I, once I get involved with being in relationship with someone, I love that. But it's, mm-hmm. it's getting in, into that. In I'm the, the same small way. talk yeah. thing with church. Mm-hmm. I think I try sometimes to only... Yeah. So anyway, I think yeah. that was maybe partly a defense mechanism, but mm-hmm. you miss out on so much. So give me an example. How, p- take that example of me running around, getting the different things, ministries set up because we had to set up and tear down our church every day because we did not oh, have a building. Oh, man. Yeah. So we had stuff stored there, thankfully, mm-hmm. but we had to set it up and that tear it down. That is tiring. Yeah. So what, what would you say, how could transition prayers have been incorporated into that segment of my life at that point? Yeah. So um, let me, like, were you also teaching classes? You were helping coordinate and helping set up and teaching I filled in where people weren't. So okay. I, every week there were teachers that didn't show up and we didn't mm-hmm. have enough teachers anyway. So I was always <laughs> teaching yeah. somewhere. Yeah, yeah. I just kind of was whatever, wherever I was needed in any of the ministries. Uh-huh. Yeah. So I think a big one would be especially transitioning from setup time to here I am teaching Sunday school time. Oh, um, you know what I mean? Like, just mm-hmm. some way to mentally remind yourself, I am not responsible for whether the chairs are set up two rooms over now. I'm responsible to be here with these kids. Um, I feel like in our typical church service, we do have some kind of built-in transition times, like opening prayer and closing prayer mm-hmm. is pretty common for most congregations. And I think that that can be a really useful period. It's um it's a reminder to your body that you can slow down. Like now is time to, to focus on the Lord and to focus on what you're doing. I would say that would be a big one. And then some of it too, like, that's how I could see prayerful transitions really, really helping. Um, Even if it was kind of, okay, you have set up your classroom, you're going to shut the door 30 seconds. You're going to just be calm (laughs) before Mm -hmm. God, like sit in God's presence. And for some people, and I'm going to guess back then, just knowing about you, like you might've said, Oh, I don't have 30 seconds. Right. Right. Like, and how silly does that sound when we say it, but how many times throughout the day do we truly feel like I'm thinking about your morning schedule? How, um, if I were to say, yeah, take, take 45 seconds. Every time you buckle up, You put your hands on the steering wheel, but you're not allowed to drive for 45 seconds. And your only job is to pray for where you're going next. Mm -hmm. A lot of times we'd be like, I don't have time for that. But then of course, if, if one of your kids is 45 seconds late, because they forgot to brush your teeth, like we make, we make room for that, but we don't make room for that kind of calm um, pause. So like, Another transition, I think, I think car transitions can be super smart. Um, Driving from home, driving home from work. Maybe the drive itself is your transition, or maybe you pull in the driveway and you give yourself 60 seconds to sit in your car before you get out. It's a reminder to yourself, I am switching from employee mode to being home with my family mode. Um, Mm -hmm. When we bring prayer into it, I think there's kind of, I can think of kind of three things that we would do. Like we would acknowledge what we've done and pray for what's coming up. And then basically just like take a couple deep breaths and relax. So like some of it is about the prayer and some of it truly is just about the pause that you get. We just wanted to take a quick break to share about a sponsor of today's episode, Faithful Counseling. Let's face it, life can be hard. It's so important to show up for yourself and your loved ones through all of the struggles life can bring. One way you can do this is by checking in regularly with a Christian therapist. We know not everyone has the time or the money for in-person therapy, but thanks to faithful counseling, Christian therapy can be accessible to anyone. You can speak to your counselor by video, phone, or text. Scheduling is so easy and financial aid is available. I recently started using faithful counseling myself, and I admit I had never been to a therapist, and I was kind of nervous about the process. 
but I was shocked at how easy it was to get started, how convenient it is to communicate with my counselor, and how easy she is to talk to. We would love for you to find out for yourself how beneficial Christian counseling can be. So our sponsor, Faithful Counseling, is offering you 10% off your first month when you use our special link at faithfulcounseling.com slash praying. So as an example, maybe you... um, what do you feel is the busiest transition in your family day right now? Like what period of time is, is the most hectic? Maybe the time between definitely the morning, the, the morning rush of getting people where they need to be. And then that second part of the day where like my middle son's schoolwork, my work needs to get done. Either Mm -hmm, that or mm -hmm. the transition between evening stuff and dinner and home. Yeah. That one, the the second one where it's like evening stuff, music lessons or Mm -hmm. hockey or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then I have many times not planned ahead for dinner. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, what do I do for dinner? I'm getting everything, you know. And so that transition, there's a lot of kind of frantic Mm -hmm. feelings involved with that because – I am like, it, it just kind of clicked when you were talking about it. I am not taking that time to even think about what's coming mm-hmm. next. And even right. just to have like one full minute or 45 mm-hmm. seconds or whatever mm-hmm. to think about in the car on the way back, what's coming next rather than still thinking about what just happened. Everything. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. That is, that would really help because I would think, oh, I've got this in the freezer. I've uh, mm-hmm. got this in the pantry. I could put this together, you know? And, yeah. But I, I usually don't. I stay in the, you know, kind of talking about, which isn't bad, talking about, hey, hockey went well or hey, that music mm-hmm. lesson was great. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I miss that second part of the transition mentally. Yeah. Which that prayer would really help to have mm-hmm. the, Thank you, God, for this time that we just had. Yeah. Thank you for mm-hmm. these specific things. And even including the kids in that, whatever kid happens yeah. to be in the car with me mm-hmm. would be beneficial to kind of do that shifting and then looking forward to, and then we have this thing coming up and then let's just be still. Yeah, exactly. I almost mm-hmm. picture it as, um, you know, like if you're working with contagions and to go from your lab out or from outside into your lab, like there's a decontamination process. Ooh, that's a good and picture. I really picture like we need to kind of allow time to just decontaminate from the stress of the day, from the flurry of activity that we're so used to. And, you know, 45 seconds doesn't sound like a lot, but so many of us, if I were to, you know, if we were to make a rule and say, okay, for a week, before you step into your car and, or like before you drive the car and before you get out of the car, you must take 45 seconds. And if all you do is take a couple of deep breaths, that's fine. If you like pray and talk to God about what's coming up, that's fine. How many people would get anxious about that? Like, I don't have time for that. <laughs> do you know how busy I am? And I think that goes back a lot of times to the pride, like what we talked about. It's do you know what terrible things will happen if I slow down? <laughs> right, <laughs> like the world how, is going to fall apart. Yeah, like me. how arrogant is mm-hmm. that? So, you know, and then, okay, so let's talk about, let's talk about an extreme. Let's talk about like an ER doctor <laughs> or an ER nurse, because truly, like if anybody has the right to say, I cannot slow down. Right. If, if it would be someone. Death, it's them. <laughs> yeah, it would be something like that. So. In that case, I could give, um, I could see a couple of things happening. Maybe the second you leave your shift, like you have some kind, like I like bringing rituals into it, not in the religious sense, but just in the reminder to yourself. So maybe, you know, if you're changing clothes before you leave, you're getting out of your scrubs, you are actually like visualizing. I am, I am no longer nurse Alana, right? I am now mom Alana, or, you know, however you want to give that terminology, um, that could be one way to do it. Or even in between, like a doctor does have to leave one room to go to another patient's room. 
And you can even, you know, we've talked about prayer triggers. Maybe you are able to create a prayer trigger and it can happen instantaneously, right? Like think of how many, um, how many people have been in kind of like, um, a dangerous situation where like a car swerves right in front of you and, and like, Oh, you know, like anybody who's been in that kind of situation knows how quickly you can pray very effectively. (laughs) It does not need to be 45 seconds. It could be help me God. Yeah. (laughs) Um, and so, you know, you could even in a, in a situation where no, truly you cannot slow down. You cannot, um, take 15 minutes out of your day to pray while somebody's having a heart attack the next room over, but okay. You got to wash your hands. You take time to wash your hands. That could be a prayer trigger. Um, you've got to leave one room to enter another patient's room. That can be a prayer trigger. And so in a case like that, I see that as kind of where some popcorn prayers can come up, you know, bless this patient, even, you know, something that fast. Um, yeah, that's how I would encourage somebody who truly is in a situation where no, you're right. You cannot take more time, but then again, you also have to think you do have time to go and use the bathroom. Like, and I'm not, I'm not saying that that's um, more important than saving lives, but but truly, like you do have to do some things. Um, somebody is in labor, you got to get to her. But if your coworker falls down and splits open, you know, like their bones protruding, I think you're going to find a way to take care of them as well. And so I think a big part of it too, is your mindset. Like I know we have a couple episodes of the mindful Christian prayers podcast where it, it, a lot of it is, um, you know, kind of to help transition, to help get rid of that busyness. It's something you can listen to on a commute. They're like 10 minutes. Um, but one of the, in one of them, I know, and maybe in a couple, like part of what we're encouraging the people to do as they pray is to remind themselves, I have all the time that I need, right? Mm -hmm. God is the author of time. Therefore, I do have all the time that I need. And so sometimes that can also be a good reminder. So in your case, it's 10 minutes before people need to sit down and eat dinner because you only have 20 minutes until you need to be back out the door and it feels really hectic. And you're like, I didn't plan ahead. I don't know what to eat. If you went into it with, I've got the time I need that organizes your brain. You know, we're talking some about the spiritual benefits of prayer, but I think this is a really good example where the, the just logical earthly benefits are real as well. It's organizing your brain to be like, oh, I can do this, right? Like if you give math students a problem and you tell them it's impossible to solve, how much effort are they going to put into it? You know what I mean? If you give students a math problem, that's really, really hard to solve. And you tell them, yeah, most people in your grade solve this in two minutes, they're going to solve it better because in their brain, they're like, oh, I, I can figure this out. I need to. So sometimes even I feel like, yes, we're never going to negate the spiritual benefits of prayer. And that's always top priority. Like, I hate it when people say, well, prayer is just for you, (laughs) right? No, but there are actual logical earthly um, benefits as well. Like, okay, you've just told yourself that you're going to have all the time that you need to get dinner. So your brain is going to work to find a way to make dinner, you know, with what you've got. Yeah. And it's like your mind kind of, when you make those shifts and those transitions, even let's say, you know, picking up a kid from a hockey practice and Mm -hmm. driving home, getting into that framework of thank you God for this activity, Mm -hmm. prepare me for this next one, you know, and I, and then your brain, even if you have that moment of silence and then you kind of continue the drive, I feel like your brain behind the scenes is already working on dinner plans. Even it if is. you're having yep. just a chit chat yeah. conversation with your kid. Yes. And another thing I liked that you said was about kind of the hats. Like if you mm-hmm. have like some kind of mental picture, if you're a visual person yeah. or imaginative person of yep. what is the hat that you're putting yeah. on now? Because mm-hmm. that just really, I could see that really helping with permission to mm-hmm. let go, to place that other hat back on the hat rack yep. for a little while. Exactly. Put on that hat. I'm thinking of for me, like, okay, I, I want to finish this chapter that I'm working on for the book. Mm-hmm. I also need to teach my kid. So right. I'm going to actually, in my mind, 
take that hat off and put it down. Or if you are a mm -hmm. physical, like kinesthetic person, mm -hmm. if you have something tangible, maybe you have, yep. uh, you know, like I know for you, your coffee, making coffee yeah. before you start writing, right? Or is oh, it yeah. editing? But or it's like both. Or wearing my, wearing my pink sweater. Yes. You know, like for those of you who just listen to the podcast and don't watch the videos, I wear the same sweater every It is only for recording. And it's a trigger to my brain. I'm recording and, and you're right. It frees me from feeling guilty that I'm not doing anything else. Cause it's a reminder. Yeah. This is what I'm doing or, you I'm know, supposed to be something. Doing. Yeah. What I tell authors is, you know, have one bathrobe that you only wear when you wear first drafts or, you know, mm -hmm. something, something like that, some type of cue. Um, so my, my husband's funny. It, it drives me, it doesn't drive me crazy, but I'm impressed that he can do this. Because he has the same playlist going when he works out and when he does his work from home. And to me, I'm like, how do you do that? That's so Because funny. for me, it's like, there's one soundtrack for when I'm exercising. There's a totally different soundtrack for when I'm working. And again, that's kind of a visual cue mm -hmm. as to these transitions. And, you know, he's one of the people who's more into like, he, he doesn't have a problem being in the moment. So I feel like right. for him, it probably is less of an issue. Whereas for mm -hmm. me, like bouncing from thing to thing can be so mentally taxing that I do kind of need to put up some of these hedges. Um, for moms with young kids at home who are also working from home or going to school or things like that, I think it is important to put parameters around when you're 100% in mom mode and when you are free to do some work. So maybe what that means is like, I know when our kids were real, real little, like 1230 to two was nap time and I was doing nothing but writing. And that freed me. So then during the day when the kids are awake, I'm not thinking to myself, oh no, I should be writing. Similarly, when the um, kids are napping, I'm not thinking to myself, oh, I'm such a bad mom. I should be doing the laundry or, or things like that. So kind of putting hedges, um, it's dumb and pithy, but it really helps me to think about it in like a time for everything and everything in its time, you know, so it's almost like, um, you know, people talk about that with tidying up, you know, I, I, I know where this goes. And I feel like having that in your brain for how you use your time can be really good. So when you're in, I'm sitting down paying bills mode, you're not worried about the laundry that's not getting done or the work deadline that you have. Um, I think it does free you to, to put on one hat, and not need a whole bunch of others all at the same time, because you know that once this hat is off, you're going to have a transition and you are going to put on the new hat and then you're going to be able to function. So basically when you're doing this, because we all have multiple roles. So we, but when you're in this role, you want to be focused when you're in chauffeur mode, you don't want to be plotting out the novel, you know, and getting into an accident when you're in, um, house cleaning mode, you don't want to feel really, really guilty because you're not, you know, talking to your husband or something. So recognizing that there is time for everything, God would not have placed expectations on you and not given you the time to fulfill what he wants you to do. And so in my mind, that's a very clear, yes, therefore there will always be time for what you're meant to do. Right. And I think those prayers can not only help us transition, but help us discern, you know, kind of like yes. the, the dilemma of, do I keep writing or do I hang out with my kid mm -hmm. for a little bit? Like, mm -hmm. I think those prayers can be like, you know, we can, that can be part of our prayer life is God to give yes. me wisdom and discernment in this life and mm -hmm. in these decisions about what to do. Yeah. Um, and learning to be still in that sense, I think it also does help us listen to our intuition as well. Mm -hmm. And I think, um, you know, like there is Holy Spirit discernment, but I also feel like Christians and non-Christians have to some degree, like a level of intuition. Some people have gotten really good at listening to theirs. Some people have ignored theirs for decades and have no idea how to listen to it. And so even like learning how to be still, um, I think a good question to ask, you know, and this is what I, I teach authors, even if they're not Christians is before you start to write, do a real brief check-in 
What's your energy level? What's your creativity level? And that gets us used to assessing as opposed to just doing. And once you learn how to assess, it's easier for you to know, like if you're used to kind of monitoring how you're doing and how you're feeling, then when you get tired or an an interruption comes, you're going to more easily be able to say, no, I really need to keep going with this. Or yeah, you know what? It's time for me to take a break. Oh yeah. I think that's important too. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. more so than even just the secular checking in with yourself, we have the benefit of the Holy Spirit to Mm -hmm. search and draw out and, and give us that extra but yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think one caveat or warning would just be, don't get superstitious about this. Don't be right. like, oh, I came home and my kid was crying and I only had 10 minutes before the next kid had to be somewhere and I didn't stay in my car and pray. And therefore like God's going to punish me by giving me a terrible evening. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like at that point, you just, you picture yourself like that ER doctor. <laughs> Nobody is wagging their finger at the ER doctor because they're not slowing down. But if that ER doctor gets off their shift and brings that same like flurry of franticness into everything, well, then that is a problem. Mm -hmm. So yeah, no, I think it's so important because I think so many of us are carrying a lot of extra stress Mm -hmm. that we're, we're not even really aware of. I think this is the reason why sometimes we just, we snap or we, we blow up something that really should be pretty minor. Like the kid spills your coffee, like, well, that is a big deal. I mean, that is like criminal <laughs> offense. But, yeah, no. but you you Just know what I'm kidding. saying? Like sometimes like we can get so upset by something that yes. if we were having a, a great day would have been super minor, but right. it really throws us off. Like we're not as resilient as we could be because we're not mindful of these transitions and we're just carrying stress from previous days and previous weeks and previous months and we're we're just carrying it around with us and we have no no way to to get rid of it so I think praying through transitions is a huge one and I think um bringing in some imaginative like prayer imagery can also really help like the visualization of the hazmat suit (laughs) do you know what I mean like yeah I did that when I was really scared at the beginning of COVID and I had to leave the house like when I came back in I truly pictured myself like getting scrubbed down (laughs) and you know kind of okay this is clean and then I I did kind of carry that into um like my, my husband, two jobs ago, his job was so stressful. And so even when he came home, I pictured that for him. I pictured our doorway mm-hmm. kind of being this um, stress cleanser so that when he walked in, that stress got like left behind. And that turned into my way of praying for him to not be so stressed. But having that imagery was actually a lot more impactful for me, at least, because I resonated that way than just saying, help my husband not be stressed, but truly picturing like, okay, he's walking in the front door and that stress is like being pulled off of him, like by a magnet <laughs> or something. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like, um, you know, a good visualization for people who might want to try this at the end of the day, just picture yourself in a shower and all of the worries of the day are just, God is washing them off of you. That can be a nice picture Um, And then as you get used to that, you could start kind of developing your own pictures to help you, to help you with that, to help you with those transitions, to help you, yeah, let go of that kind of stress. Yeah, I love that picture of coming into the house because we've talked about that with praying through your home and just kind of Mm -hmm. a spiritual cleansing when you enter your home that whatever Mm -hmm. baggage you've brought in, whatever Mm -hmm. spiritual influences or anything else that you can just kind of shed that. And, you know, that kind of reminds me that we talk about how busyness is a state of mind and these transitions can not only help us to shed just the stress, but that feeling of busyness, because when we're thinking, Mm -hmm. when we're not, you know, I'm picturing transitioning from if I, you know, get the, get the first kid off to hockey practice. And I'm thinking, oh, did he remember his skates? Did he, you know, is he, is he going to have enough water Mm -hmm. to get him through the practice? Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, and I stay in that moment as I'm transitioning to the next thing, I'm thinking about those things. Then I'm also 
less effectively thinking about yeah. what's in front of me, which is, right. you know, helping my oldest make, you know, mm -hmm. maybe give mm -hmm. him reminders about making sure he has everything, thinking yeah. about him driving. So then I've got mm -hmm. that. Then when the other kids come home and I'm getting them ready for school, I've got <laughs> yeah. three layers of things. And yeah, you don't effective. have room for all that in your brain. And what, you know, it's the how many days does worry add, you know, what man by uh -huh. worrying can add a day to his life. So it's shedding the worries and the yep. feeling of busyness as well from that activity yeah. and focusing just on the one at hand. Because the reality for me is I feel busy a lot of times. And there are many times when I've come to the realization that like, in reality, I'm not busy at all right now. Mm -hmm, I am, mm -hmm. I, I, I'm not busy. I have one thing to do right this moment <laughs> yeah. and that's it. And, and yeah. it's amazing how freeing that is. So I could see these transitions being very useful in that type of shedding as well. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Giving somebody to God, you drop the kids off at school, you, you pray for their day. And you know, this is another point. You could bring those visualizations in. they get out of the car. You see them walking toward the school. You picture God's armor on them, mm -hmm. protecting them from, you know, evil and temptation and, and then you're free because you've kind of placed them in God's hands. You're free to move on to the next thing so that, you know, maybe you're going to work after that. You're free to focus on your work. I mean, no, truly, do we ever stop worrying about our kids? No, but I think there's a difference between I love my children and want them to always be safe and protected. And I cannot focus on anything else because my brain is consumed with thoughts for their well-being. Yeah. Well, one other thing that I that I've been thinking about is when I reflect on my day, I have kind of built in transitions myself in mm -hmm. kind of an unhealthy way. Like I when I pull up into the driveway from being somewhere, almost always I check my email. I like, started doing that too. <laughs> on my phone. Yep. Or I'll like, I, I just, it's like, I, it's like a decompression. Yeah, it is. It's like, okay, I'm connected to my house Wi-Fi. <laughs> is that weird? And so it is I, like, no, no I mean, phone. it's normal. <laughs> yeah. And then, but, and, and there are times like where I'll be sitting there and uh -huh. my husband will come home like minutes after I come I know, home. Like, and what are like, you doing? What are you doing in the car? I noticed my oldest is now that he's driving, he does that too. He yep. sits and I don't know if he listens to music or if he checks yeah. his email or what, but he'll just sit there. And I do that. I notice when I, when everyone is off to where they need to mm -hmm. be and I come, whether it was when I was alone last year or yeah. this year with my, my son, mm -hmm. I'll let him do something else. And I sit there and I'll either check my email or check, yeah. you know, stuff for praying Christian women at the computer. And mm -hmm. if I were to start looking at those cues as opportunities to just pray yeah. into that mm -hmm. transition time. I mean, those are exactly. decompression moments, but that does not help me shed the last thing mm -hmm. and work my yeah. way into the next thing. So yeah. I, yeah, no, just be I mindful of that, of when absolutely. you're making natural transitions using electronics or other things. Yeah. Because I think it is, it's your brain and your body knowing that you need some way to decompress. Right. And that's a pretty natural, easy way. Mm -hmm. um, and so, yeah, switching and going from, okay, my brain wants two minutes of quiet. Mm -hmm. <laughs> You're allowed two minutes of quiet. You know, okay. you don't have toddlers and newborns and infants. You're allowed two minutes to just sit. Um, but we've gotten so wrapped up around always doing something that, yeah, checking your email looks important because maybe there's something important in there. Um, yeah, I think, you know, the more I think about it, the more I really like what Ecclesiastes says about patience versus pride, mm -hmm. because I do feel like some of the reasons, you know, for somebody who's checking their email every 20 minutes throughout the entire day. Um, yeah, it's a habit. It's not a good habit, but there is some pride behind that too. It's something might need my immediate attention. And if I'm not there to respond, the, the world can't function without me the world can always function without us it can yeah. awesome well on that um half morbid note <laughs> let's transition <laughs> so um we're just we're thankful for you all as our listeners and if you have not left us a rating or a review uh, we would love that we would love if you told other women that you think would be inspired by our show about us and we want to leave you now with our blessing and benediction
May all the words of your mouth be pleasing in the sight of God, your Savior. May he set a trap over the door of your lips so that no corrupt or foolish talk will come out of your mouth, but only what is useful for building others up. May your lips speak life today and may your words be sweet to the soul and healing to the bones. Whenever you open your mouth, may the Holy Spirit himself give you the words to say to bless those who listen. And our benediction comes from Revelation 5, verses 12 and 13. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. To him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb be blessing and honor and glory and might forever and ever. Amen. Thanks for joining us on today's episode of the Praying Christian Women podcast. We'd love to hear from you, so please leave us a comment to let us know what questions or topics we can address in future shows. Then hop over to prayingchristianwomen.com slash journal to download your free prayer guide. We're so glad you joined us for today's show, and we wish you God's deepest blessings as you draw closer to Him and change the world one prayer at a time.